Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Common Room. Wait a hot minute. <laughs> I'm here with Jimmy, and uh, we're coming off of the teaching where we were looking at Acts chapter 15 and 16. So real quick, Jimmy, can you give a recap of what was going on, uh, what Paul and Barnabas were doing, uh, where they were going, and why they were doing that? Yeah. Yeah, Acts chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas are just coming off of like a missionary trip in the area of Lyconia, which was like heavily Greek pantheon of gods, uh, attribution to to Caesar worship. So it was a, there was a, a pretty well-formed sense of like, here's how you worship the gods. Um, they minister, preach, and teach in, in 14, and it's really welcomed by the Gentiles in particular. Uh, and then it, it goes left. So at the end of chapter 14, there are these religious folks or uh, believers from Judea, uh, Luke records, that made their way from Antioch to Lystra or to Lyconia, where Paul and Barnabas are. They stir up the crowd. There's a riot. And then they, they execute Paul. They, they intend to kill him. So they stone him at the end of chapter 14. Paul survives somehow, is cared for by the believers, heads back into the city. And then they head back to Antioch, chapter 15. In chapter 15, um, they arrive there, which they've been before. Remember, Antioch is the church that Paul and Barnabas planted. It's the first Gentile megachurch, legit. Like there's not um, in chapter 12 and 13, um, oh, sorry, 10 and 11, Paul records that like not just the the church, but the city is converted. So this is a huge movement of the spirit of people who are following the way of Jesus. They establish the church and then fast forwarding to 15, they're back at this church visiting because that's what they do now. They're traveling missionaries, checking with churches, pastoring, caring. And there's these same Jewish believers likely who have made their way to the church at Antioch and are like, whatever about Jesus, like you can feel like he's the Messiah, but at the end of the day, for the sake of your salvation, you have to follow Mosaic law, which is about 600 and some commands. Uh, if you screw it up, you have to follow the sacrificial system, which is a provision for the law to keep it or be forgiven for when you screw it up. And you have to mark your body with circumcision. Otherwise, you are not saved. Um, Paul and Barnabas are like, no, we disagree. Like, it's never, no. What about chapter 10? Cornelius and Peter, our church founder, Peter, has said it's not necessary. What, what is happening? So they disagree, and then they go back to Jerusalem to meet with the apostles and disciples who are gathered there, and they have a council, a formal gathering to say, okay, hold on, where did this come from? What do we believe? And then the same, probably, Jewish believers from the sect of the Pharisees who are like, memorize, learn, keep the word of God, are like, no, I think we agree with that. You must keep Mosaic law and thereby the sacrificial system, and your men must be circumcised. And then Paul and James are like, we disagree. No, we will do anything to free up. Like this gospel is, is light, is grace-oriented. Why are we burdening the Gentiles with something that even we haven't kept? It's fulfilled in Jesus. We have decided that settles it. I believe it. Let's do it. That the gospel of grace is for the Gentiles as well. And so we shouldn't like abuse them with like this arbitrary sense of religion. We'll just keep these four ideas like don't eat food, sacrifice to idols, don't practice sexual immorality, um, don't eat the meat of strangled animals and don't drink the blood, which were all like pagan idolatrous worship parts. So really what, yeah, what those, those are very like practical. Yeah. Like those weren't like. You know, free for your spiritual well-being. It yep. was like, these people are doing this. Let's not do that. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Likely, and in particular, in some of the pagan worship customs of um, the Diana Temple or the Artemis cult, which was a cult, which did all those things. And Paul, Barnabas, James, John, and Peter are like, don't have anything to do with that. Like, those are your rules. Just all of what they do, don't do it. It's leading you away. 
And then in 16, he were introduced to Timothy, who's a young dude, likely a teenager, young adult, um, who is anointed and empowered by the Apostle Paul to be a pastor, which is the first time we hear about that beyond the disciples. So he's like, you're going to do it. Let's go. Um, Timothy is from a mixed family, so Jew and Greek, and he's sort of known. So I don't know if he's a great speaker or leader or whatever, but Paul's like, no, you're going to take the lead from here. And step one, BTW, as the kids say, it's circumcision. And there's chapter 16. (laughs) So do they just not like Timothy? Like they just, like a chapter before said, that is not a thing that we need to do. BT dubs, Timothy. You're going to do it. Steppy step. So what, why? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, So I think we get the clue, the keys to this act in uh, why Paul is identifying where Timothy's mother and father are from. So we have a, they're an unyoked mother and father. One is a Greek, one is a Jew. So it's like, these are mixed. We know this dude isn't uh, circumcised, which is a marker of the covenant in Jewish customs. Sorry, can you just uh, unpack that? You said unyoked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a it's a turn of phrase that um, Paul uses to be like you're carrying two different weights, you know. So oh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's the same analogy that he uses that the apostles use. So it's this weight that you use to to do the work of the kingdom that's light and good. Um, and these two people have two different life philosophies of what it means okay. to follow yeah. God, you know. So enter Timothy, um, and Paul is going to send Timothy to uh, two different regions, really a very Jewish region, and then a very, very uh, um, Greek region, eventually pagan Greek uh, region. So it's analogous to um, you know me as a pastor, preacher, teacher, looking the way that I do, um, like wearing jean shorts and a cutoff, tank top and being invited yeah. yes right nice right to speak at a very conservative church now what is the most palpable version of and humble version of me presenting a teaching gospel uh, sermon to those people is just roll in you know with tons of bravado and ego this is who i am you deal with the tank top on blah, blah blah or to say no i'm here to serve these people and so i will take on uh part of their culture or their customs in order to um, convince them and teach with clarity the gospel of Jesus. You know, so that really is what um, Timothy is then being invited into through the leadership of Falls. Like, you're going to a Jewish region. They will ask and they will know based on your family that you are not circumcised and yeah. those will be deaf ears. Like, they won't, won't hear. They'll be like, we know who this guy is. He's the son of like him and them over there who we don't really love anyway. Sorry, bro. You have nothing to say to us. Yeah. And then for Paul to be like, I'm part of this team. I've been a Pharisee for so long. I'm also a Roman citizen and was circumcised as well, as has my brother here. And I helped, yeah. <laughs> as it were, you know, awkward first day. Yeah. So it's really him leading the way with um, nothing standing in, in between him and this culture that he will soon preach, teach into. Kind of that idea of, you know, getting to the level of the people and not not to say like that's a lower level by any means but getting to that place of like common standing with the people you're going to be dealing with just to say i have respect for you right um 
just to kind of build that relationship like right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. And right? in First Corinthians, Paul will come back to that conceptually of saying like, I, you know, humble yourself enough to not be a stumbling block or be all things to all people, which I think is Romans, um, you know, to not get in the way, you know? So instead of having somebody that's like, yeah, he, he, it's mutual submission, which was a wonderful um, marker of the early churches. Like we will take the shape, not just adopt the customs or the religious confessions, but we will take the shape of the culture in order to communicate the gospel. Acts 17, which is next week, is the same thing. Paul goes to the Oropagus, which was a, a, a mountainous worship idol place, and does not say, I'm giving away the sermon here, does not say, I rebuke you, and he starts kicking over all the monuments. And so he's like, I see that you are God-fearing, that you you worship God. What's this one to an unknown God? I'm able to name him for you. His name is Jesus. So it's again, it's being all things to all people and not accommodating the culture, but stepping into and meeting people exactly what you said, um, like where people are at. I think that's so interesting because going back to kind of what they figured out in chapter 15 yeah. and then before that uh, chapter 10, even what Jesus said when when asked, you know, what's the greatest commandment? It just, it, it seems like there's like some, some basics, right? Love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. Yep spread the good news yep. and care for the poor care for the poor it just seems like um those ideas can fit in so many different like cultural interpretations yeah, absolutely um so and that brings me to a question uh that kind of came up uh on our wednesday stream uh so we when we were uh recording this teaching live one of the questions came in about what the good news is and what it looks like and i'm just wondering in that time period, in that context, what would it have meant for a Gentile versus a Jewish person to start following the way? And what's the difference there? Yeah, I mean, uh, John chapter 3 is sort of the hallmark uh, scene that uh, the evangelical church in particular in the West has uh, clamped onto for good reason. It's a wonderful text. Uh, Jesus uh, meets Nicodemus under the cover of night. Nicodemus is, prim- is from a Pharisaical or a, a Jewish sect. And wants to hear what this new rabbi is interpreting, which was normal. Like rabbis were like, yeah. you know, we're interpreting a way of being. And Jesus unapologetically says, like, y- y- you will be, this This new way is born from above. It's not just born from the written law, which, by the way, is now fulfilled in me, Matthew chapter 5. In order to follow this way, you have to be born again. Um, the early Israelites and Jewish people were people who were called born of the covenant or born of the word, born of the Torah. Um, and so Jesus is using their own phraseology to say, just like, as, as he often does. Exactly right. Just like you heard from the Abrahamic covenant and then the Mosaic covenant, you have to be born of the people, born of the covenant, born of the kingdom, born of the law. I'm telling you, it starts over now. So we reached a finish line in me and it wasn't Jesus like throwing up like a middle finger or anything like that to the law. He wasn't. He's saying, no, do not think that I've come to abolish the law, but instead I've come to fulfill it. it. It's completed, ended now, and now we're heading in a new direction, not a derivation right turn, toss the whole thing out, but a new direction because of what's being fulfilled. This is the next step of the new covenant. Yeah. So we've we've done it. We've, yep. That part that uh, the Mosaic law played, finished. Finished in Jesus, and now you're going to yeah, see what this new. looks like. Yeah, So for... I'll give two scenarios yeah. for a, um, like, let's say in that cover of night conversation with Nicodemus, there was also five or six Gentiles. They would have heard that two very different ways. From a Jewish 
standpoint. Uh, and Nicodemus says it. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, so I'm just supposed to like hop back up into my mother's womb and be born again. And Jesus, yeah. it's a spicy meatball. And Jesus confronts me. He's like, y- you have studied this for so long and still you don't get it. Okay. So and then, the, the words, not the meaning. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, and so this is where we get John three sixteen and 17, which we need to keep both of those verses, not just the one. Uh, 16, Jesus explains it. For God, first of all, loved the world. That should stop us there. Not just the Jews, not just the ancient Israelites, not just our father, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, but the world that he gave his only begotten or son of the father, uh, um, that whoever believes and follows, receives this teaching, follows it, embeds it in their life, will receive uh, life to the age or, or eternal life. This isn't a picture of heaven. This is like you are living in the fullness of the kingdom of God. You're getting it. Uh, and then also God did not send his son into the world to condemn it or judge it, but to save it through himself, through Jesus, right? So for a, a Jewish listener, they're like, holy smokes, okay. Uh, we're no longer people of, like it's been fulfilled. We've been people of the covenant uh, and people of the word. They were also anticipating being people of the kingdom, yeah. Right. And so that's what she's like. It's here. You, yes, it's here. Follow me and you'll get it. This is the kingdom of God, which Jesus taught more about uh, than anything else that he taught the kingdom of God, the presence of God here and now. So this is Jesus saying the fulfillment of the, the Judaic practice is complete, is not uh, abandoned, is complete. Now we keep going into the yeah. fullness of the kingdom. Be born again. Now, the Gentiles is a different thing. They'd have been like, we didn't grow up with any of this. What are we talking about here? Yeah. You know, so the being born again would be like, there is a new way of being. There's a new way of being. Uh, there are not a multitude of gods. Zeus is not God. Diana is not God. Uh, Caesar is not God. Jesus is Lord. And in him, we live and move and have our being. Um, so follow. So there is a, a putting to death of this old life and old way and being born into a new life, a new way. One of the markers of which is no longer um, circumcision, it's baptism, which is why, like, they, they're just like baptism crazy in the early part of the yeah. New Testament. They're just dunk, 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 dunk. This is a symbol. We don't have to snip anything away anymore. Dunk, 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 dunk. Water is this cleansing yeah. agent that symbolizes the spirit, but also the marker of, of being born again into this new kingdom way. That's awesome. That's such a good thing to bring forward. And especially, like, even in today's world, you know, where it's more than just. Jewish people, Gentile, like it's an entire world of culture and other religions. That idea of, yeah, it's, it, it is kind of a hard thing to wrestle with and to kind of share that there is some, if you want to follow Jesus, there's parts of your old life that have to be die to have to die. Yeah. You have to leave those behind. Yep. Um, but I think that's a, a really, really interesting uh, way that we can learn from that first church and the struggles that they were going through and how we can bring that into our modern times. Yep. Yeah, awesome. totally. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jimmy, mm-hmm. for answering those questions. And thank you everyone for uh, for watching this episode of Wait a Hot Minute. If you have any more questions that you want discussed, you can send those to ask at com. throw them in the comments, write us a letter, <laughs> just do something. Yeah. And uh, until then, we'll see you in the next episode.